Hi, everyone. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to a dramatic episode of A Date with Dateline. Dun, dun, dun. Theatrics. Theater. Acting. <laughs> okay. Killer Roll. You may have heard the podcast by the same name. This is that story. I hope so. If you haven't, just shut this off really quick. Go listen to that podcast and come back. We'll be here. I binged the whole thing in one day. It was really good. Me too. It is so fascinating. But I was really excited to see an episode because I really wanted to know what these people looked like. It's better when you can see the people. Podcasting is stupid. <laughs> Why do we podcast? Unsure. But it's better to see people. To hide. To hide our visual selves. Yeah. It's a very hidden media. Mm -hmm. But I did, they did kind of look the way I expected them to look. Mm -hmm. I was, yeah, I can see that. I was happy about that. So did. this is season 29, episode 44. It aired on April 30th, 2021, hosted by Keith Morrison, the king of the theater, Sir Keith Morrison. Yeah, he is the king of the theater. He's knighted by the queen. Okay, so we start with Matthew Spickard and his 18-year-old daughter, Trinity. Get ready for a lot of theater names. So many theater names because we are in the mountains of Oregon in the theater scene. And drag queen names. Oh, and drag queen names. Yeah. I thought that these two were going to be a lot bigger parts than they were. They are not. Yeah, they are not. Don't be fooled. Here, myths are as persistent as the rain. People believe in Bigfoot, Keith tells us. We have a big statue of Bigfoot wearing a mask. Good for him. Safety. But why are we talking about Bigfoot, Keith? This is like the irrelevant storm from last week. There's a Squatch. <laughs> There's a new Hulu series called Sasquatch, and it is true crime. Someone recommended it. I'm recommending it to you. Will we be covering it on Patreon? Maybe. Please say yes. Just say yes. Yes. All right. I'm writing it down. Father and daughter, Matthew and Trinity, write a horror movie called From the Dark, which is the most generic horror movie title ever. It's not taken? How is it not taken? The word, how is it not taken? What's the Audrey Hepburn one? Wait Until Dark. Thank Wait you. Until Dark, yeah. Oh, that movie is so good. So good. If that's one you guys should watch instead of renting From the Dark to see these people. Is From the Dark out? From the Dark is streaming. Online. Where? On several different sites. iTunes, I believe. It's about $4.99 and a couple other sites. They have a website which links to all of them. So this did them well. This this state line episode we'll get is to going that. to make okay, okay, great. Yeah, it's yeah. So the father and daughter, they're making this movie. They pull together a team for the movie. The team of White dudes who all look like they're going to medieval times after the meeting. They're an Oregon girl. They display quite patchy facial hair. And one of them looks like Andrew from 90 Day Fiance. I think the sun shines maybe five days a year there. I, yeah. I mean, they don't really have a lot of opportunity for vitamin D. That's a great point. I would have liked to see more women at the table making the decisions. A woman? Well, Trinity is the only one there and she's not allowed to speak. So she's 16. No, she cuts her dad off a couple times. She does when it's just her and her dad. Yeah. So these guys, I want to say they seem pretty nice, though. The writer is clearly high and Dateline does a close up of his face, just him, for way too long when he's staring into his face, which was shade. And Dateline, that's not nice because it's Oregon. 
it's legal. So they start casting the movie. The lead is Valerie. She's in every scene. This young woman named Wynne Reed auditions and they fall in love with her. Then Keith interviews a woman in a fedora and scarf. Silver hair. Silver hair named Mig because theater who got beaten out by Wynne for the lead role. Short for? Margaret? Midge? Is Midge short for Margaret? I'm unsure. So she got beat out by Wynne, thought Wynne was such a good actress. They filmed the movie at this old desolate chateau near some caves. No. Where there's no cell phone reception. No, ma'am. No. And no people staying at the chateau, which is The Shining. It's like literally The Shining. It's terrifying. They show pictures of it. And in no picture does it look joyful. No. There's never been joy there. No. I just, I'm really worried about it. It's the opposite of joy. It's like Dementors live there and they've sucked all the joy out of it. And I've worked out a haunted ship. (laughs) So you know. And that place was more haunted than the boat. Yes. It was really intense. What are the actual odds that someone would die on this film shoot? Like, I thought they it was like going on a cruise. Not all of you are coming home. I, I was prepared for them to start talking about the hellscape that was this shoot. Yeah. Because I'm like, nothing good is going to happen there without cell reception. Mm-mm. One of the rooms where people stay in looked like a room in an insane asylum, like where they would tie you down to the bed. This movie should have gotten a higher rating. I feel like this should be a scary movie. This didn't <laughs> get a very high rating. It is a scary movie. Yeah, but it should be scarier. It should have done better based on the location. It got a 34% on Rotten Tomatoes. So the stranded staff of a mountain lodge realizes that one of them is the killer. That is the plot of this movie and every other horror movie ever. Because originality is important. But also they say everything is just a copy of everything else and there's no originality. So what do I know? I'm still going to watch it. I have seen that same plot 17 times on Netflix and I'll watch it every time. Yeah, I'm fine with it. I'll, I'll add, I sometimes look for that plot. I look for a group <laughs> of friends going on a trip. One of them's a killer or there's something inbred coming out of a cave or out of a mountain to attack them. Picking them off one by one. Correct. Yeah. I am looking for a storyline like that many a time. It is called From the Dark. Here's your next binge. But I have to pay for it. Put it on our account. It's research for the show. Mm -hmm. Everyone thought Wynne was an amazing actress. But this other girl with the fedora, who we learn now her name is Mig Windows. No, it's not. (laughs) It's not Mig Windows. Did you put the did you put the words on? I don't know. Put closed captioning on. Her name is not Mig Windows. <laughs> That's what I heard. And I was like, yeah, that checks out. It's a theater scene. It doesn't check out. It's a theater seat. It makes sense. So she starts to think, I don't think Win, who I'm trying so hard to not call Dixie, Win Dixie, is not Win. I think Win is Tucker, this girl I went to high school with. Again, the names. Tucker. It's either a Tucker or a Win. She thinks the face is the same, but the hair is completely different. They are both dog names. There you go. They had been in place together in high school, but Win is not acting like she knows Mig. So Mig doesn't want to say anything. She remembers that Tucker had this stage mom of a mother who would do her makeup and was kind of overbearing. And Mig is like, is this the person? I don't know. But then one day a quote unquote relative 
of Wynne, who she just introduces as this is my relative, which is the weirdest thing I've ever heard. We would have been talking so much about that if if we had been on set. Why you don't specify what kind of relative you just say relative. If you and I had been working on that set and someone had brought a quote unquote relative, I think we would probably talk about it for about six hours. I think for for seven hours, seven years, we would still say relative and laugh and look at each other and be like, remember the relative? But I think that we would probably immediately think that it was her lover. Second cousin once removed. If you say relative, I'm immediately thinking it's shady. So 100 percent shady. Absolutely. There's no other reason. Even if you're doing a drug deal and you bring along somebody and you're like, oh, I can vouch for him. He's my relative. No, he's not. You don't say that. You say this is my cousin. Right. My brother brother. or my uncle or my, yeah, my half sister. Okay. Really quick. I have a side note because they said that her mom used to come backstage and do her makeup. Are you going to talk about that or should I talk about it? Go ahead. Her mom showed up with a huge bag and would go backstage and do her hair and makeup during these high school shows, which is, you can't do that because part of the fun of doing a high school show is that you're all trying to use your Ben Nye makeup kit together and failing. (laughs) Everyone is trying to do old age on their faces and it looks insane. That's the beauty of it. Yeah. Number two, I know you like pageant stories. And when I was in that pageant, the girl who won, her Mm -hmm. mom, was the only mom backstage at this huge theater. And I think did her hair for sure. She was a crazy stage mom. And of course, she won the pageant because her mom got the question that she was going to be asked. Ahead of time? I watched her hand her note cards with the answer that she was supposed to say on it. She was like, memorize it. That's bull poop. Do you love it, though? That happened. I saw that happen in real life. I was like, oh. I don't like that. And then I was like, she's not going to win. Oh, yes, she is going to win. Wow. That's ridiculous. Okay, since we're going off the rails and doing stories. Yeah, what? When I went to college to theater school, I ran into a girl I was in high school with. And I said, oh, hi, Rachel. Like, I didn't know you went here. Let's call her Rachel. Mm -hmm. She's like, oh, hi. And then somebody else goes, she goes by Collins. That's Collins. That's not Rachel. Because that was her last name. Let's say her name was Rachel Collins. And I was like, oh, I was so confused. I go, oh, I know her as Rachel. And they're like, oh, she went by Rachel in school. And I was like, yeah. And then the girl looks at me with daggers, Colin, because I basically outed her that she changed her name to something cooler, which was her last name. But I didn't mean it. I didn't know. I was just calling her by her name. But she never liked me after that. Did you need her to like you? Because that means she's an awful person. The only reaction that you should have is to laugh and be like, oh, I'm going by this now. I want to be cool. You have to call yourself out on it, girl. Oh, she takes herself way too seriously. I'm going to go by Kimber now and let's just go with it. I'm doing it to be cool. Kimbo. No, Kimber, like Gem and the Holograms. Let's see how far we can take this. Okay. I can't do anything. That's unfair. Sometimes in my head, I call you Katya. All right, that's fine. Sometimes I call you Kimbo, so that's fine. (laughs) Fine. So Mig sees this person, the relative show up and is like, well, that's for sure Kelly. That's Tucker's mom. So this has to be Tucker. Mig decides not to say anything because she thought something bad would happen if she says something unsure what she thought would happen. But another cast member finds out the secret. Mm -hmm. The screenwriter 
in this round table of dudes is telling the story. He burps in the middle of his sentence and Dayline keeps it in, which again, why are they shading this four stoned screenwriter? He goes, her name is Tucker, <laughs> but it's like a silent one, but his chest goes up. You know, when you stifle a burp? Yes. Yes. And so he stifles the burp and he says, and she's going on trial for murder. So she apparently is playing someone who shoots someone in the movie. She thinks it's self-defense. And apparently that's what happened in real life. She shot someone. Tucker is fate. Tucker. We're going to call her Tucker now. Win Tucker. Tucker is facing criminal charges for killing her uncle. And the film's creators are horrified. They had no idea. They are thinking she read the script. Why did she audition for this part that so closely resembles her life? And then in the podcast, they spend a lot of time bemoaning the fact that it has killed their dream of this podcast that they put all their money in. And of the movie of the movie. And it's like, in reality, this is actually going to get your film so much more interest. People are now going to actually want to watch your movie. You should be grateful. So that is correct. Yeah. We no one's seeking out this movie and downloading it unless this happens. Now they are. Now they are. So you're welcome. That's what Tucker would say. So (laughs) we rewind to 2016. A barefoot young woman is in interrogation. She has shot her uncle, the brother of her mom, at her grandma's house out in the country. She says it's self-defense. Her uncle Shane tried to get into the house and there was a confrontation. Tucker got a gun and shot him in the chest. She said she was sure he was going to kill her or her mom. She's describing how he was trying to get into the house. And she says, you know, like in a horror movie where the hand reaches around the door and like blocks you from closing the door. Yeah, I don't like that. She said it all happened so fast. I don't even remember shooting, but I I yelled at him. I said, leave us alone. I warned him to get away. And the cops say, tell us, show us how you did that. Show us what voice you did. It felt gratuitous. Yeah. And traumatizing yeah to ask her to relive that moment and just to act out exactly what she said to him i don't think i've seen that before have you seen that before from a victim or but i guess she's not a victim she's she's somewhere in the middle but it seemed odd it seems odd so this is when i start to feel like she actually is not a very good actress even though everyone in the episode is telling us she's a very good actress well she's a good actress she says Get out of here. Get out of here. Like she's shooing away a squirrel at a picnic. I felt like that was just uncomfortable. I did not base her acting skill off that. So that was really bad. But we see scenes of her in the movie and I thought she was actually good. I thought she was okay. For a B-level actress, she was good. Yeah. She carried a scene. You could tell that she was like, oh, yeah, if you'd been seeing bad actors all day and then she comes in, you're like, okay, she's she's got it. She's got the thing. That you're looking for. I need to see more because we only see these little short clips. So I'm judging very harshly. She said that she didn't know how to shoot this gun. She's not a gun person. She thought you had to cock it. So she's kind of making it sound like it went off by accident. She's like, I thought you had to cock the, a gun and this you didn't. It just went off. No. Remember that for later. Okay. Keith says the lead detective is the only critic that counts. And his review was that she wasn't believable. He felt like she was pretending to be upset, but was actually matter of fact. 
Now we go to her mom, who is the opposite of matter of fact. In her interrogation, she is so over the top, like she's auditioning for a telenovela. She's saying, Miss Hannigan. Yes, Miss Hannigan. She's like saying, our lives were in danger. He was assaulting me. And no, I don't grieve my brother's death. I'm glad he's dead. It was horrifying. Horrifying. We were terrorized. Terrorized. Katie, it was horrified. She repeats everything at least twice. Terrorized and horrified are her go-to Multiple words. times. Yeah. What's horrifying to me is that not everyone has tried Thrive Makeup. Isn't that the truth? Horrifying. And seriously, if you haven't, why? Why, 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 why? Thrive Cosmetics is unbelievable. Thrive Cosmetics are made with clean, high-performance, skin-loving ingredients. Their clinically proven formulas not only highlight your best features, they actually improve your skin over time. That is no joke. All Thrive Cosmetics products are formulated without parabens, sulfates, and phthalates. Get those phthalates out of here, Katie. They're horrifying. They are horrifying. But one thing that is always good for your skin is a company that never tests on animals. And that is one thing that Thrive Cosmetics do. They're Leaping Bunny and PETA certified as 100% vegan and cruelty-free. Yes. If you don't know about the Thrive Cosmetics liquid lash extensions by now, you're, you're living in a hole. You're living in that cabin in the woods. In a cave. In, in a cabin by the cave. Because it is... Not only a best-selling favorite of many people around the world, it is the best-selling favorite of (laughs) my mother, who cannot live or be without it, and has now multiple travel tubes and regular tubes in case she she just has backup for her backups. It's really (laughs) intense. And I get it because it's excellent mascara. It's dermatologist tested, ophthalmologist tested and approved. And by proved, I mean it's gentle enough for sensitive eyes and safe for contact lens wearers, which is a big deal with mascara. Also, just the tubing technology that it uses, it's the best mascara to take off because you don't need to use an eye makeup remover. All you need to do is take warm water and a washcloth and just rub your eyes and it's gone. You don't need to use harsh soaps on your eyes to try to get it off. It's phenomenal. If you haven't tried it, what are you waiting for? I have also been using one of the Thrive Cosmetics skincare items for the last month, and that is the Bright Balance Cleanser. And it seriously has blown me away. I'm a pretty picky about cleansers, especially as I'm getting older. I do not like my skin to feel super dry and tight after I wash it. I want moisture in my skin because dry and tight in my mind, means wrinkles. Mm -hmm. So I want it to feel clean and moisturized, but not greasy. And this just leaves your skin feeling soft and clean. And it takes off makeup. It's an all-in-one. It's fantastic. It has active reset technology that delivers long-term skin-renewing hydration and brightening properties for supple, age-defying skin. Need I say more? No. Speaking of brightening, let's talk really quick about the eye brightener. The eye brightener is an incredible product, also one of Thrive Cosmetics' best-selling items. It's a cream-to-powder highlight that brightens and opens the eyes, providing an instant eye lift or a shimmering, smoky eye if you use a darker color. It's really an all-in-one product. I've used it as highlighter. It's fantastic, like cheekbone highlighter. It's, it's great. Check it out. So the reason that we love Thrive Cosmetics here at A Date with Dateline is their bigger-than-beauty mission. For every product purchase, they are committed to support nonprofit partners like the National Breast Cancer Foundation. Oh, uh, that's great. 
It's amazing. With a donation of funds or products. It's what makes Thrive Cosmetics truly unique and also inspiring. It's about beauty being not only skin deep. That's beautiful. It is beautiful. I love everything about Thrive Cosmetics. Their products are some of the best I've ever used. And their Bigger Than Beauty mission is truly inspiring. And that should be plenty of reasons for you to check them out immediately. You're going to love them. Visit thrivecosmetics.com slash date dateline for 15% off your first order. This is an exclusive offer only for a date with dateline. It's thrive, C-A-U-S-E, because they have a cause. Mm, mm, mm. I see what you did there. I didn't do it. They did it. I was speaking to them, Katie. Oh, sorry. Cause C A U S E M E T I C S dot com slash date dateline and get fifteen percent off your first order because we all need to thrive to stay alive and survive. <laughs> you like my beehive? <laughs> I'm just gonna keep going. I just keep waiting. Is that worth it? I'm gonna go take it? a dive. Go into- take a dive. Into cool. the cool waters of Thrive. <laughs> yeah. That's, Is that good? Yeah. Yeah, it's great. They should use that for the three-in-one brightening cleanser. A summer of 2021, take a dive into Thrive. Oh, that's great. We just gave you 15 taglines. So <laughs> just pick one, email us, let us know which one, and we're good to go. Thank you so much, guys. Check them out. 15% Thank off. Thank you, Can't Fred. beat it. So Kelly was a lawyer. She left law to co-write a thriller called Deadly Medicine with her husband. It became a TV movie on NBC, but it was the demise of their whole marriage, which I find hilarious for some reason. Was it called Deadly Medicine? Deadly Medicine. I can see it. And then when you were seeing these people, the the husband shocked me. Did he shock you what the husband looks like? No, because Keith had described him as... George Clooney and someone else, Sean Connery. Here's the problem. Keith also describes someone else in <laughs> this episode that I kept waiting for that person to come on uh-huh. and then finally realized who he was talking about. And I love Keith. But, but he wrong. was wrong. <laughs> you know who I'm talking about. I don't actually. You're going to have to tell me at the end. You must remember, Keith brings it up multiple times that this person is just like Jim from The Office. Who? Who is? Oh, yeah. Now I can't remember who he was talking about. He says that two or three times. I know who he's talking about. Who was he talking about? One of the detectives? The main detective. Yeah, he's not like Jim from The Office at all. At all. Like, it couldn't be less like Jim from The Office. I feel like someone gave him that line because I don't feel like Keith watches The Office. I feel like Keith totally watches The Office, but maybe has age blindness. Because this guy has none of Jim's sort of lighthearted, like bumbling 20-somethings energy, you know? Interesting. Do you know what I'm saying? I was I was really worried about Keith when I when I watched this episode. Because I was like, ooh, when is the Jim person coming on? Right. <laughs> He's already there. He's not coming. So Tucker's dad tells us that she was so smart as a kid. She was an actor, even as a child. And Mom Kelly, of course, would make costumes And you get the impression that she's a total stage mom. We see Tucker singing on the good ship lollipop in preschool. And I was unimpressed. I didn't really feel like she was on the good ship lollipop. She didn't sell it to me. America's kids got singing. 
that's you. You could be like, have you seen 30 Rock when they do that show where they just insult children who are singing? No, but I'm on, I'm on, I could be on it. You could be that, yeah. So the dad was an actor, of course. He says their marriage and divorce was like a war zone psychologically because he's an actor. Don't marry an actor. They love to dramatize things like that. Like, I feel like it could have just been a normal divorce. He'd be like, it was a psychological warfare for our children. For our children. The key emphasis on that is he's talking about all of the damage his divorce has done to his family. Well, how about don't make it like that? You have children. Yeah. But he says that he says it was more Kelly's fault, that Kelly was crazy. She threatened to take away all the children. And eventually he just gave in. And then it brings us to the other point which we'll get to, which is there are other children besides Tucker. Where Where are the children? We see them in pictures. They do not want to be associated with this family, and I do not blame them. So the dad gave up custody rights to the children, and then he eventually changed his mind. He went to the judge, and he's telling Keith this. Yeah, right away. Sorry, he changed his mind. He goes to the judge, and he says... If you don't give me custody, something really bad is going to happen. And he's crying, telling Keith this. And something bad did happen, but like 10 years later. So I don't know if that counts. And the judge is not going to like that. No, he's like, are you threatening? That sounds like a threat. I feel like no judge is going to be like, all right, fortune teller, get out of here. (laughs) Kelly takes them to Oregon to be near her family and the prestigious theater scene there. So after high school, Tucker and her mom wrote young adult novels. Self-published? Nevermore. Like very self-assured. Like, why can't I be an author? I want to be a, I want to do this. I'm just going to do it. And me being so plagued with insecurities and excuses and imposter syndrome, I just see that ambition and having the confidence of a mediocre white white man. And I'm like, "Mm, I hate it. But I'm really just jealous of it. So that's that's impressive of you to at least be able to admit that. Thank you. But Tucker and her mom have that in spades. <laughs> they have that a TV movie. Never written one before. I'm going to write one novel. I'm going to write one. No, they they don't have that. What they have is I'm the smartest person in the room at all times and in the world. Yeah. Like this woman is never wrong. No. Even when she's wrong, she's not wrong. Yes. And everyone's out to get her and Tucker. Oh, good. So a victim, victim syndrome. That's the most fun. That's my favorite. Tucker goes to USC to college. She falls in love with a guy. They date for two years. After they break up, she accuses him of sexually assaulting her when they first started dating two years before. She tries to get him kicked out of college. The school rules against her. She holds a press conference on campus And eventually appears on CNN talking about how the school didn't believe her. Mm. I'm not saying anything. Schools often do not believe women. So, yes. This was a hard one. Dateline kind of takes a stand, but. Uh, Yeah, we can't say anything. We don't know. We weren't there. But he filed a lawsuit against her for libel, saying she didn't even think she was sexually assaulted until after she had a conversation with her mom, who convinced her that she was sexually assaulted. Okay. Back to interrogation. When the cops aren't in the interrogation room, Tucker is freaking out. She's hyperventilating. She lays down on the floor. The detectives thought, as Joni would say, it was phony baloney. Baloney. (laughs) 
They charge her with manslaughter. Tucker is released on bail. While she's out on bail, she becomes Wynn and stars in that horror movie. And does that movie. She also stars in a community theater production of a musical. Now we meet the theater director, Susan, finally a normal name. She fell in love with Wynn and thought she was amazing, cast her as the lead. Wynn was difficult right off the bat. She started conflicts during rehearsals. She wanted to take charge of things. She eventually says, I'm bringing in my representative. No. As my advocate to, you know, fight for my rights here as the lead actress. They eventually meet with this advocate and say, she's my aunt. So narrator, this was not her aunt. No. Is she? Okay. This is community theater? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a, it's a bit much anyways, but it's really a bit much. Are you Kristen Chenoweth? Like, right. What, <laughs> right. What are you doing? Yeah. The director thought during these discussions with the representative and with Wynn, it felt like they wanted to win at something, no pun intended, but she couldn't even tell what they wanted to win, what prize they wanted. They just wanted to be right and win. I liked that description. I understood. I understand. I'm not describing it right, but the way the theater director is describing it, you get it. You are. That's it. It's that the, it's just that they wanted to win, but they were, what were you fighting? Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. What were you competing with? You play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. So Ooh, look at you. that's Taylor Swift. Uh, the playwright from New York, here's how good this lead actress is in his show. So he flies out from New York to see the play, which is very rare. His name is Jonathan, and he wears a turtleneck because, of course, he does. So absolutely, the day he flies in, which is a huge deal, the playwright's flying in, the play director finds out that Wynn is in the hospital and wasn't going to make it to the performance. But the playwright is attending. It's a huge disaster. So they decide to have a table read without Wynn. But moments before the curtain rises, Wynn and her aunt slash representative slash advocate show up ready to go on with huge flowers for the playwright with like arms full of flowers. And the director, Susan is like, no, you can't go on. You were just in the hospital. You were on an IV. Like we can't put you on. We've already made this new plan. Well, the painkillers seemed like a big deal. Yeah. Like she's IV on an IV. Painkillers. A pain drip. So she's on like Dilaudid. No, you can't perform. No. no. Wynn freaks out screaming. The playwright arrives. He realizes something bad is going on. There's a huge fight. And so the playwright is thinking, I'm the playwright. I flew in for this and they're still not putting the lead actress on. That must mean something insane is happening. Yeah. Because normally they would obviously put the lead actress on. And I'm here to specifically see her. See her. So something bonkers must be happening. There was screaming going on. The director threatened to call the police to get them to leave. Then... Wynne accuses the director, Susan, of harassment. She accuses a bunch of the cast and crew of sexual harassment. The director afterwards investigates all of this. She cannot find any proof of it. And they fire Wynne from the show. Months later, this director finds out that Wynne murdered her uncle and wasn't really Wynne. She was Tucker with dyed brown hair. We should say Tucker has blonde hair and Wynne has brown hair. And she finds out the representative is actually her mom. And Keith tells the director, wow, you really dodged a bullet. And she says, please don't say that. (laughs) Wow. It's not a joke. 
And on the podcast, Keith totally backtracks and goes, and of course it isn't a joke. Oh, Keith. <laughs> I l- loved that she calls him out. She's like, please don't say that. I know you're Keith Morrison, but please don't say that. Yeah. What is a joke, though, is that people are not buying their mom's or a jewelry for Mother's Day. And I said jewelry really weird. I know yeah, I did. You did because you're worried about it. Because I have a complex now because someone's made fun of how I said it. Say jewelry. Jewelry. There you go. That was it. Nailed it. You know who else nailed it? Orate. Because Orate is amazing. Orate is a fine jewelry brand founded by women for women. The pieces are gorgeous. They range from classic to statement to completely original. They make jewelry you've always wanted but could never find. Orate's gold feels substantial. The diamonds sparkle and shine. They're super high quality, so beautiful, and it's all real gold, which means you can wear it and you never have to take it off. That's amazing because I'm lazy. I don't like to swap out things. It's the best. And especially when you go and look through their styles, because you can, they're the kind of styles that have that like kind of elegant simplicity that you can just wear them all the time. You can shower them. You can do sports, work out, sleep, cook, anything. It's jewelry for everyday life, but also looks really beautiful at the same time. All Orate pieces come with a lifetime warranty because they know it lasts because mm. it's real gold. Orate sells direct to you without the middleman markup, so they can offer the same quality as traditional Fifth Avenue brands at a fraction of the cost. These earrings look like a million bucks without costing a million bucks. Sorry, I'm focused on earrings because I particularly love their earrings, but all of their jewelry is gorgeous. The necklaces are beautiful. All of the pieces on the site are stunning. But the earrings that I have, they're simple, but I wear them in high rotation. Mm. Number one, they don't turn my ears green. Number two, they sparkle and they look really expensive. So I kind of like that because I like to be fancy. You are. You're so fancy. You already know. But you can buy them without breaking the bank, which I also, I mean, I love a deal. I thought I lost one and I really freaked out. I made everyone in the house look for it. It had fallen behind the counter because I, I don't know, I brushed it or a cat knocked it off, but I really freaked out. Because I love them. So now I keep them in this little tiny little snap pouch that the jewelry comes in. They come in these beautiful little pouches that with the snap on it. And I just put them back in there every time. Good for you. I nailed it. Orate hacked the jewelry market. They're making real gold accessible to everyone. All of their items are ethically sourced and sustainably made. Their gold is never mined. And their gemstones and diamonds are also certified conflict-free. So everyone can shop with a sparkling conscience. Mm. Orate also gives back. I love it. We love a company who gives back and supports various causes, ranging from the environment to social causes, empowering women, youth, and children. Again, this is a company by women, created for women. For women. I know. It was started by two friends during brunch. I love that. Isn't that cute? It's so great. We've never accomplished anything at brunch. It's amazing. They were fed up with like the jewelry market, and they formed this amazing company with beautiful jewelry. Can't be beat. So for 15% off your first Orate purchase, go to oratenewyork.com slash date dateline and use promo code date dateline. That's A-U-R-A-T-E newyork.com forward slash date dateline for 15% off. Use promo code date dateline at checkout. Orated number one. That's great. Orated amazing. For when you want your jewelry 
or rated as the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's pretty good. It's all right. We're, we'll get there, Ori. Thank you so much, Ori. Check it <laughs> out, guys. So police are also looking into Kelly, the mom. They think she was somehow involved in the shooting. Definitely. Kelly and Tucker's stories were too similar. They seemed rehearsed. Kelly says, terrorized, terrorized. We were terrorized five million times. By him, by Shane. Shane terrorized me. I'm so dramatic. There's everything they do is so dramatic. It makes me want to set myself on fire. (laughs) (laughs) I had to do a callback to Lucille Bluth. And if you don't know what that is, watch Arrested Development. Yeah. Turns out that... Mom, Kelly, and her brother, Shane, were involved in a family dispute over the land in her mother's will. One day, Shane got so mad, he threw a gas can and it hit his niece, Tucker, in the face. And Kelly says she is permanently scarred, even though we can never see a scar. Tucker got a restraining order against her uncle, which is why she freaked out when he tried to break into the house that day. Kelly said he had been threatening to kill them if she didn't remove the restraining order. Then Kelly says... She brought a realtor to the property because mom had decided to sell the property that she was leaving. Okay. Everything Kelly says, she's telling the mom. She's she's puppet stringing the mom. Well, the mom is how old? The mom is like in her 80s. Quite old. And she's controlling her. Yeah. Yeah. Shane says to Kelly, don't you F up my deal. Meaning like the property deal, like because he was going to get half of it. And then apparently she says he made the gesture of the finger across the throat, which no one actually makes in real life. But apparently he did it to her twice that day. She was very upset. Hmm. Now, the realtor actually backs up Kelly's story saying Shane was threatening. He said she he was going to kill her. He even said to the realtor, I'm going to F up your truck. So like he was angry. That's what the realtor says. And Kelly is telling the police, I told him I'm not afraid of you, even though I'm terrified of him because always face down a mad dog. And she she keeps pulling these things that feel so rehearsed to me, things that normal people do not use in everyday conversation. But I'm an actress. She wants to be an actress, I think. Is that why that the TV movie made them get a divorce because she wanted to play a part in it and they didn't let her? I think it was more they wanted to produce future projects, but they were so poorly behaved that the network didn't want to work with them anymore. But part of it could have been because she was maybe trying to cast herself. I get the distinct feeling that she wanted to be an actress and Tucker is like fulfilling her dreams. That is never good. Never good. So she says, I was frightened. I'm really, I was frightened because everything must be repeated. So then later on in the day, Shane hires a notary to come by to certify some documents. That's the same day? Same day, which is insane. Wow. Shane was outside because of the no contact order and the women are inside with the notary. Shane started to come into the house when Kelly tore up the papers because she found out what they were worse. She takes them and tears them up and he sees through the window and tries to get into the door and he's shoving it in. He's shoving it into me and he's shoving it into me and he's shoving it into me. Yeah, that doesn't sound right. It's the door. She's talking about the the door. door, And that's your brother. So we don't know what the papers are at this point. We don't. It, It gets clarified later. Exactly. So then she says, I'm done talking. 
that's the end of my statement. That he's shoving the door into Yeah, her. and the police are like, what about the shooting? She's like, I'm done talking. That's my statement. And I'm sticking to it. She was a lawyer, remember. But police have a secret. Secret. An hour before he was killed, Shane called the police and they have the 911 recording. He's saying, my niece shot a gun on the property and I'm freaking out. Keith keeps saying how scared Shane sounds. He does not sound scared. He doesn't sound he's, scared. He's very chill. He's saying things like, I have a notary coming. I don't want any trouble. Can you send someone out here? I don't know she's why she's shooting a gun. Compa- especially compared to how overdramatic the ladies are being. He's super chill. So Keith asks, why would Tucker fire a gun at Shane an hour before she shot a gun into Shane? Keith. So they call Kelly on this. They say why what was happening earlier in the day. We have a 911 phone call. And Kelly is like flustered for the first time. Well, Tucker found the gun and wanted to see how it worked. Okay. So here's the order Keith tells us. Okay. Tucker fires the gun. Shane takes it as a warning shot. Kelly's realtor arrives and they start fighting. Shane calls 911 to say he felt threatened by the earlier shot. The notary arrives. Shane is shot by Tucker, who says she thought you'd have to cock the gun to fire it, even though she had shot that same gun earlier in the day. So she knew how it worked. So she, but she didn't tell them she had shot it earlier in the day. Until they call her on it. Right. Okay. She says, I didn't I didn't know. I thought you had to cock a gun. But this one, I guess you don't. I didn't know. It just happened really fast. And then later they're like, what what happened? You shot it earlier in the day. So you knew that you didn't have to cock this gun. Kelly gets so mad when she hears that he called 911 earlier. She's like, that is just so typical of him to make this smarmy call like he's afraid of us after he terrorized us for months. And police say he can't do that now. He's dead. And she said, that's when she says, I am relieved. I don't grieve for my brother. You ask me, do I grieve for my brother? I say no. I am glad this man's dead. He can't hurt us anymore. And scene. It is exactly that voice that she's doing. Yeah, it is. It's almost trembling like with a vibrato. Yes. Like she's fully Catherine Hepburn. It's hard to watch her. I'm not going to lie. I looked away a bunch of times because, like, I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed for her because I'm like, this is... So things that make Katie look away are couples making out or having shenanigans on double date and people acting really poorly. Yeah. And it's embarrassing. It's foolishness. I'm embarrassed for you. Stop. Stop what you're doing. Stop. It hurts my heart. Stop that right now. So then she says, I was so scared. I don't even know because they're they're like, tell us about the actual shooting. I was so scared. I can hardly picture the moment. It was like mice memories. What? What is a mice what? memory? What? What's mice memory? Is mice it like memories? Does she mean like holy cheese? Mice have very short memories. No, like cheat. Oh, like do they? a whole like in like Swiss cheese. Do mice have memories like goldfish? Like every few minutes, they're just like, where am I? I mean, it makes sense. Elephants have very long memories, but they're very big. Mice, very small, short memories. 
also in Drag Race UK, they do Rats, the musical, instead of Cats. Right. And they yes. sing Memories. Memories. Except it's it's Memories, and they do a whole song about it. And I was like, oh boy, that that's a mice memory. It's a rat. That's a mice memory. memory. It's a memory. What in the world? So she's saying... M- mice memories. I know. And maybe I'm wrong. I didn't put on the subtitles, but that's what I heard. No, she said mice memory. I wrote it down. It's mice memory. Yeah, yeah. So then she's like, I can't tell you who shot him. I, and they're saying, well, you, Tucker shot him. And, and she's like, I can't tell you that. I never said that Tucker shot him. I don't know who shot him. And the police man, the deadpan, my favorite line of the entire episode. So deadpan. She's ranting. I don't remember who shot him. I have no idea. It was all a blank. Deadpan. The police goes, did the notary shoot him? And she goes, I don't know. Maybe. I don't even know. And then, did you shoot him? I don't know. The trauma of the moment was horrifying. I don't know if I shot him. I would. I don't remember. Can I shoot you? Yeah. Can- <laughs> it's a lot. And she also, her volume is at a 9.7 out of 10. The enti- She's shouting the entire time. I think she's just a shouter. It's hurting my voice doing the impression. And I think that's why she honestly, I think that's why she doesn't get very far. And people don't like her when she, I don't think she, I don't think she hears herself. Yeah. It's so intense. I wonder if she watches these police interviews and is like, oh, I'm a, I'm a lot. Probably not. I think she's, she's never wrong. I'm an assertive woman, whereas she's coming off as an, I want to speak to your man, the manager of police. She's coming right off now. As, as an acerbic woman, yes. not assertive. Please. So she said, they're saying, so you can't tell us who shot him or you won't tell us who shot him. And she says, I can't tell you, but if I could, I wouldn't. Oh, Mickey, and, sit down. So d- did you just, are you, she's A, she's totally Mickey, but the mean yes. Mickey, the bad Mickey. The shouting Mickey, yeah. Also, are you admitting that you would obstruct justice and not tell the police because you're a lawyer? That does. It's not a great look. So then he, she says, men, men can't possibly understand how threatening a man is to a woman. Most of the time, men are despicable. And the cop says, we don't take sides here, you know, so we just want to get to the truth. And she says, please. I've had many experiences. I most was a lawyer and I've had many experiences with the police and they always lie. I don't trust the police. And he says, I didn't call you a liar. Why are you calling me a liar? And she's like, because you're a liar. And he says, well, now you're insulting my profession and I can't have a conversation with you if you think I'm lying to you. I'm just trying to get to the facts here. And she's like, you all lie. Yeah, it's Kelly needs to take it down about. 5,000%. 5,000%. It was hard to watch. I don't know what her plan, her game plan is here. She's not helping herself or anyone else. She's not helping her daughter. She's not. What is she doing? So Keith tells us we've been hearing from Kelly, but now someone else was waiting in the wings. And then he says, dramatic. Oh, my. Oh, boy. Which is his classic line that he doesn't always say that much, but that's what he's known for. My, so, my, my. My, my, my. Shane's mother tells Keith over the phone. So this is Shane and Kelly's mom. Yeah. It was Shane's fault. I was relieved he's dead. And Keith is like, you were relieved that your son is dead? She says, yes, because then he couldn't hurt us. 
She was scared of him. So so this gets real hard, right? So Shane is a drug addict, and we're mm-hmm. told that. This isn't me projecting like right. I usually try to. No, he. I get it. I get why they'd be, like, nervous. It's just that I feel like they're taking it to a degree that's incorrect. I feel like he is maybe sometimes erratic, but yes, Kelly sure. is fueling the fire in her mom and Tucker. Kelly is making this a thousand times worse. Yeah. And I feel like she's telling her mom and Tucker things that might not actually happen, like when we saw last week whoever had threatened somebody at the quick trip or the week before, and there was no proof of that. But mm-hmm. it sounds really good that they came up to you in public and were threatening you. We don't know. The, we do have the realtor saying that he said, I'll kill you. So we do know that day he was. But Kelly says for nine months he had been threatening to kill them. I'm sorry. Why aren't we trying to get Shane into treatment? No idea. Unsure. Okay. Maybe he didn't want to go into treatment. I don't know. Maybe it wasn't offered to him. Yeah, it's true. The money was more important. I was going to say, maybe we should take some of the money and put it towards helping him. So she's the mom. The grandma is saying, I was scared of him. I was glad he was dead. It was self-defense. Now, the facts of the case right now say that he wasn't armed when he was killed and he was still outside the front door when he was killed. So that's what we know so far. Everyone the police talk to say that Shane was a good person. He was the nicest guy. He did everything for the family. And that Kelly is the one that was scary and horrible. Terrifying. She was terrifying. Everyone was scared of Kelly. Now, Shane's story was that he used to be a lawyer, too, but he started doing drugs. And that got him off track. But even while he was doing drugs... He took care of their father, who was very sick every day, like would carry yeah. him and was was on his hands and knees caring for both parents for many years What's until Kelly moved yeah. to town and started getting in the mom's ear. Mm. So he was the one making the farm run for all these years. Even Kelly and Shane's brother, because there's a third member of this family who thinks they're crazy and wants no part of it. He says Shane was the nicest person in the family. Kelly, terrified, terrified of his own sister. Now, meanwhile, Kelly stops being a lawyer because she wants to raise the kids and push Tucker's career. And the parents are supporting her financially. Even Shane would go to her house and fix things for her. Everyone's doing stuff for Kelly, sending money to Kelly. So... The other brother, the third sibling, he made it rich in Silicon Valley. He doesn't want any of the family's money. He wants to, he's like, I made it on my own. I do just fine. I want to stay out of the drama. I'm fine with Kelly and Shane splitting the property and getting that money. Fine with that. I loved that. I loved He this says, brother. I loved that. And he said, everything was okay. The dad kind of held us together. But when the dad died, it became horrible. Everything changed. It became about Shane and Kelly fighting over the money. He even stopped seeing them because he couldn't take it anymore. The constant fighting over the money. Kelly's mom was taking out money from the ranch, like an ATM, taking out money against the ranch, basically, and giving it to Kelly to support her and the kids, which is fine. But that also means you're draining what the farm is worth. And that 
money also belongs to Shane because he was getting 50%. So he was unhappy with this arrangement. So Kelly, she tries to be sneaky. She tries to write up a version of the mom's will that would cut Shane out of it. So then he retaliates by wanting the mom to sign over the property now to both of them. They would each get 50%, but that Mm -hmm. would mean that she couldn't take money out anymore and give it to Kelly. So that's what the notary was there to have signed a pretty fair split 50 50 deal. And it would prevent them from bleeding the farm, the ranch, whatever dry. So this notary. It would also prevent Kelly from claiming it all as hers. Uh huh. So the notary, Carla. Carla. Oh boy, Carla, you walked in to a poop storm that day and you thought it was going to be a normal, boring call. Carla is literally the only normal one in this whole episode. Like she's not I I I would be so uh, freaked out. Oh no, and I think at this point is when you seriously have to consider looking into a company like Feels. If Carla had had some in her purse, it might have behooved her giving some to everybody at that table to take it down a notch. Possibly so. Because look, CBD isn't about what you feel, it's about what you don't feel. Like Stress, anxiety, rage against your family members, right? Pain and bad sleep. And feels is a better way to just feel better. Feels is premium CBD that will help keep your head clear and help you feel your best. It's hassle free, delivered directly to your door. And CBD, in case you don't know, naturally helps reduce stress, anxiety, pain and sleeplessness. With CBD, there's no hangover or addiction. I was having a lot of trouble with my sleeping patterns. And after Kimberly talked quite a bit about like waking up in the night and killing pirates in the corner of the room when you're on Ambien, (laughs) I decided to try an alternative to prescription medication and feels to the rescue. All you do is place a few drops of feels under your tongue and you can feel the difference within minutes thing to remember about CBD is that finding your right dose is really important and everyone's dose is different. In fact, Feels offers a free CBD hotline to help guide your personal experience so that you can find your perfect dose. They also offer flights that you can try a few different doses so you can get the right one for you. The Feels customer service team is dedicated to making sure you get the best use of your CBD and get you feeling all the right feels. Joining Feels monthly membership makes your self-care easy. You'll save money on every order and you can pause or cancel at any time. And remember, it's delivered right to your door, which mm. I'm sorry, at home delivery. It, that's I, the ticket. Just, it's, I don't even understand going outside anymore. It's unnecessary. Pretty much. Start feeling better with Feels. Become a member today by going to feels.com slash date dateline and you'll get 50% off Hello, 50% off your first order with free shipping. I need feels to take me down from that shock of 50%. It's F-E-A-L-S dot com slash date dateline. Become a member and get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. Feels, F-E-A-L-S dot com slash date dateline. Seriously, 50%. That's amazing. I'm feeling good. I feel good. I knew that I would. I gotta Google how songs with feels in it. 
What's wrong with this song? Well, we I I suggested one, and then you suggested one, but then I used to do feels good, and I just want to know how many songs there are about people feeling good. Probably a lot, but I feel like James Brown is the standard. Okay, that's fair. Right? Classic. Thank you, feels. So poor Carla, MVP Carla. Oh, she Lord. Ar- she arrives there the property first of all it's a whole ordeal that you have to listen to on the podcast because they don't show it on dateline but it's like so much worse it's like a horror movie oh her like getting on the property yeah her just getting to the property with no cell service in the woods is terrifying like she already thinks she's going to be murdered she arrives to see shane shane isn't there this man walks up to her car Claude, what's his name claude uh Carlton. Carlton. And pro- and he's like a meth friend. So, oh my God. Right. A meth friend walks up to the car and she thinks, are you Shane? She never met Shane. He says, no. He gets in her car and says, drive me up to the main house. This is the paperwork. So she's like, he's taking me to murder me for sure. Yeah. Where yeah. is Shane? This is all of his setup. I don't even, and I don't have cell phone perception so they drive up to the house they go into the house and there's three women there a grandma tucker and kelly who are all screaming at her who are you why are you here what is this paperwork oh my god we don't want to do this and she's like where's shane i just came to meet shane what's happening terrifying she says kelly's screaming tucker's standing in the corner just staring Like, really creepy. Like, not saying a word. Very creepy. When Kelly finds out what the paperwork was, that it was this 50-50 selling the rights to the property, she thought it was a will for some reason. So she tears it up. And then Carla sees someone walking by the house through the glass windows. She says, oh, is that Shane? And Kelly's like, yeah, that's my brother. And then Tucker now starts talking. She's like... He can't come in here. And she grabs under a a towel on the table, a gun. And Carla is like, what is happening? I'm just a notary. Please, dear God, I'm just a notary. Why is there a gun? Her description is amazing. She's like, oh my gosh, that's a 38. Yeah. Flips her lips. Yeah. And she afterwards, she said this whole thing was so traumatizing. She was hospitalized and has PTSD. And I honestly don't blame her her at all like i think it sounds just horrifying she thought she was gonna die this whole period and she was like one of her probably many afternoon appointments you know (laughs) she like has all these yeah she probably had many that day many days appointments that day so she what she remembers happening her version of the story is that shane came up to the house didn't come in the house came up to the house kelly starts yelling at him like what is this paper i thought i was signing a will Tucker starts screaming, mom, he's coming in, mom, he's coming in, but he wasn't coming in and then shoots him and he yells, you shot me. Then Tucker goes to her room. Carla freaks out, tries to call 911. She's it's not going through. So she's just terrified. She says, Kelly, Kelly, I need you to help me call 911. And Kelly says, no. Carla says, well, go go get the gun. Just go get the gun because she thought Tucker was either going to kill herself or all of them. She didn't know why there was. She didn't know about this dispute. She didn't know there was a restraining order. She just knows this young woman just shot somebody and now took the gun to her room. I don't know what's happening. So Kelly goes and gets the gun and Carla says, give me the gun. And Kelly says, no. 
like really calm. And Carla says, please, I'm so scared. I just, I need the gun. Just give me the gun. And Kelly gets in her face and says, I said no. Really threatening. So Carla's like, I'm just the notary. I don't want to die today. So she's she's like, how do I get out of here? Like, I'm trapped here. Kelly is like threat, like very threatening to her. So she finally gets through to 911. She tells them, please come quick, come quick. And then they say, is there someone else we can talk to? And Carla's like, that's how I can get out of here. She's like, I'll put grandma on the phone. Grandma phones for you. Somebody's calling grandma. for you. Yeah. <laughs> you take the call. I got to leave. So it's she. The police. You got to talk to him. Yeah. You got to talk to him. So she she runs outside. She passes Shane's body, which she was shocked how far from the front door it was because she thought, well, he was trying to get in like it would be a lot closer. But he, it was like five feet away from the front door. She was surprised the bullet would have pushed his body back that much. Well, now, here's the thing. They don't talk about this, but I think we also have to take into account that he didn't fall where he was. I think he stumbles back. Right. I think because he was alive. He was alive enough to say, you shot me. So he's he's talking for a couple minutes. So I think he's going like this. I think he's trying to get back away from the gun. So I think that's totally possible. Or he wasn't as close to the door as they said he was. Both things are probably what happened. Yes. So Carla steps over his body and Kelly is just staring at her with the gun. And so Carla thinks she's going to shoot her. So she's like, just get to the car. Just get to the car. Don't look back. Don't turn around. I love it, though, because she's like, at this point, just shoot me. So just get it over with. Just shoot me. Yeah. And so she's like, she rushes to her car and she thinks like, I'm going to be shot from behind. So she's like, don't look back. Don't, just don't turn around. Don't turn around. And she gets in her car and she drives off. Now, do you think that Kelly was calculating whether or not to kill her and say that he had shot her? Do you think she was going to try to do something like that? That's very interesting. I didn't honestly didn't even think about that. That's very interesting. I'm glad she didn't. I liked the notary. She deserves yeah, I'm to glad, live. Yeah, I'm glad the notary Carla made it out alive. Yeah. I don't know. That's crazy. I did not even think about that. Maybe. Thoughts. Interesting. So very different story from Tucker and Kelly's, obviously. The case against Tucker for manslaughter goes to trial. During this time, while she's out on bail, she auditions and gets in the movie. But Keith tells us there's another movie. So weeks before her trial, she's about to go on trial for manslaughter. Her lawyers tell the prosecutor, we have a video that proves it was self-defense. We are golden. They're so happy. They're bragging. And the prosecution's like, okay, can we see it? And they're like, sure, totally proves self-defense. So they give a video of the prosecutors and the prosecutors are like, this proves that it wasn't self-defense. Why did you give this to us? So turns out Tucker was filming the whole thing on her cell phone, the whole interaction. She it starts when the meeting comes in, the notary comes in and there Shane is outside pacing, which I was shocked at how small he was. He's not a large man. He so he's pacing outside. The notary is trying to explain what the paperwork is. They're arguing about the paperwork. Kelly's like, this is to give over property, the farm. You That's not what you want to sign. I thought this was a will. She, they're very upset. Tucker starts saying he's coming in the house. Get the gun. So the camera shows he's not coming inside the house. We see the doorway 
and we see Kelly's silhouette in the doorway, but behind her, sorry, like behind her towards the outside, there appears to be no one coming into the door. So you hear the shot, there's chaos, they're fighting, all this stuff is happening. Prosecutors think it proves no self-defense because she had told the police she warned him several times to get away or she was going to shoot him. She doesn't. She said that he was trying to come in and his hand was reached around blocking them from closing the door. He wasn't even in the doorway. So they think it's not self-defense. Then there's more proof that it wasn't self-defense. The friend Carlton was there and says as he was giving Shane CPR, he heard Tucker say to her mom, you told me to do it. So police question Tucker about this and she gets so flustered and she's like, well, the I she meant the read the will thing was happening like the re, I could be at that meeting. It was I could be there. That's that's what I meant, that I was allowed to be at that meeting. You told me I could be there. Why would you say that after you had shot someone and he's dying? You told me I could be there at that meeting. I think that, okay, here's the thing is, I don't know how bad that is. I To me, I'm like, under the right circumstances, if they weren't, if they could all just like calmly explain this, like the problem is they're being so bad in their interviews. I feel like they could have gotten away with this. Yes, agree. If they had just calmly explained like, we had been scared for weeks and had been barricading ourselves because he was being so incredibly threatening. I had this restraining order against him. My mom showed me how to shoot the gun in case we had to use it against him because he was being so threatening. And she had told me, if it comes down to it, you can shoot your uncle. If it comes down, you, you can do it. So I don't think that's that bad. It's just the way that they're presenting it. They seem like they're lying about things. If they had just said, "Okay, so the video isn't exactly the way I remembered it. We were in the heat of the moment. I again, I had been stalked and threatened for nine months. So I was imagining maybe a bigger threat than it actually was at the moment. But that's understandable because of what you had been through. But he was not allowed within this feet of me. And if I felt like he was coming in the house, I felt like we were about to die. I agree completely. Yeah. And then that's self-defense. Right. I mean, Technically, if he if he didn't have a gun and wasn't actually coming towards you, you you're not supposed to shoot them. But I think it's way more understandable, given the history that you would do that. I don't know if they would have prosecuted. Right. Exactly. So it's but instead they're coming up with all this weird stuff and just explain it in a normal tone. Like what's going on and why you're so scared. And don't say things like, I can't tell you who shot the gun, but if I could, I wouldn't. Like, well, the, Oh no, the biggest problem is that she's trying to be a lawyer right now. It's horrible. So friend Carlton heard, you told me to do it. Shane's girlfriend, because apparently Shane has a girlfriend, was nearby and she heard Tucker say to Kelly, you told me to do it. You told me I could do it. And then she heard Kelly screaming, Haven't you died yet? Die, you piece of blank. And even Tucker told the police in her original interview, my mom was saying, die, die, die. And Keith asked grandma, did Kelly say that? She says, no, I'm absolutely sure. I can't see her saying that. She didn't say that. But you can actually hear it on the 911 call. As Carlton is doing CPR, she's like, die, die. 
And she's like screaming in the background, die. It's incredibly vicious. It it turns your stomach a little. Yeah. So police think Kelly put this idea in Tucker's head, maybe, and wanted her to shoot him, which is kind of what I think. I think it would be maybe way too obvious if she shot him and she likes Tucker to be her little puppet and Mm -hmm. put this in her mind for a long time. So now they think it's murder. Tucker is now arrested for murder. She was out on bail. Now she gets no bail. She gets put in prison. Her next performance would be for a judge. So basically her lawyers (laughs) thought that tape would save her. And instead it got her charges increased and her put in jail. Bad lawyers. Yes. So Tucker tries to get out, but we'll learn a little bit more about what was on those tapes that they thought was helpful to them because there is something that's pretty helpful to them. So Tucker tries to get out on bail. And so they have a hearing where the judge can decide if she'll be let out on bail. And there are witnesses. It's like a trial. So they show Tucker's video of the shooting. And we see after the actual shooting, it's still recording. And Tucker is yelling, he's not dead yet? F word, really loud, which sounds My goodness. terrible. But then she says, and she's crying, oh my God, if he survives, he's going to kill us all. And then Kelly says, why did you shoot him? And Tucker says, he was going to come inside and hurt us. And she's sobbing. And I thought she was pretty believable at that point. I felt like she actually was really scared. I did too. So, or she's acting because she knows she's secretly recording herself. I don't don't feel like that sounded real to me. It sounded real. That line, I was like, she is legitimately super scared that like he's going to hurt. Because I don't think she would have the presence of mind to shoot him and then keep acting like it. You just killed your uncle and you have the presence of mind to act like it was because you were scared and it was all a big fraud. No, I think she actually was scared. Even Kelly doesn't have the presence of mind to act like she was scared. Kelly is acting like she's she's screaming, die, die, you piece of blank. Like she's she's not even acting like, but she doesn't know she's being recorded. To me, this seems like almost, I don't want to say brainwashing, but you know how when you get like real hyped up about something, and like you kind of have adrenaline for it and she'd been living in this heightened state of fear you and whether that fear was real or fear induced by her mom yeah that's what i'm saying i think her mom got her riled up it's still real for her yeah yeah so she's crying keith says well, Shane was the one that was scared of her when he called 911 earlier. Again, he's not that scared. He's really very calm. Maybe that's just his personality. But so there's all these back and forth things like the realtor had heard him say, don't F up my deal. I'm going to kill you. So Kelly says she was terrified with the realtor and told Tucker, get the gun. So that was earlier in the day. She never told the police this part. And at this point, I was this is in the trial to see if she'll get bail and Kelly's on the stand saying this. I was so freaked out when the realtor was there. I told Taylor or Tucker, go get the gun. And I wish to God she they had both reached for the gun and she could say, oh, yes. So, yes. So, yes, we both. Oh, yes, we both. Oh, yes, we both reach for the gun, the gun, the gun, the gun. Oh, yes, we both reach for the gun, for the gun. Because, you know, and and Taylor would stand up from her seat. And the mom would stand up from her seat and they would be singing across because, you know, they wanted to turn the courtroom 
into their own stage. Oh, you know they did. Yeah. A big musical number with choreo. That's what they were dreaming of. So then Keith, most exciting part, talks about Chekhov's gun, which how glad are we that I gave everyone a little education on the one thing I remember from theater school. Dad, one thing paid off. I knew one thing. I only remember Deus Ex Machina, so that's great. Yours is <laughs> better you than mine because mine is not useful. I never knew how to say yours. I just kind of always read it. So I'm always like the Ex Machina thing. Deus, Deus Machina. De, de, yeah. Du, Deus Ex ex machina so in court they show kelly while she's on the stand the document that the notary carla brought for them to sign the one that she tore up that divided the property evenly between shane and kelly and they say so, so this was a this was a deal that would have you know given you each 50 percent. and she's on the stand and she's just staring at it like Oh, no. And Keith says, after 15 seconds of silence. Wow. She finally answers and she's stuttering and she's like, I don't know what that means. I would have to um, review it, take a closer look. Blah, blah, why blah. do we care about this at this point? Why is her like, why is her not saying she doesn't know what it means? She was just being rash in the moment when she tore it up, right? I thought she was just being a jerk. But she had told her mom that the paperwork was giving Shane all of the property. Oh, so that's right. Yeah. So I get it. she okay. said, Mom, he's trying to steal the farm. That's what this paperwork is. She wants you, you know, she he's trying to take away all the farm. And the paperwork would have given them 50-50. She lied to her mom. And even in interrogation, Kelly admits he was screaming, Why are you so upset? This is giving you half. Why are you acting like this? He was like yelling, you're going to get half. Why are you so upset? And she says in the interrogation, he wanted me to sign paperwork that would have given the property to me and him. So like she even admits she totally knew what it was. There was no reason to be that upset. And she was lying to her mom. So because all she really wanted was the will to be done in a different way where he still got his half. It was just parceled out over time. That's what they talk about more on the podcast, that they wanted it parceled out more over time. But she wanted to still be able to get cash now from the farm because that was her sole income. This part confused me a little. So what I understood is the biggest problem was now, now that I know that it was all the same day, the realtor is coming because they're talking about selling the ranch. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So they're selling the ranch. So she, so that's why he's mad that the realtor is there and he's saying, I'll kill you. Yeah. Like if you mess up my 50-50 deal. Right. She wanted to change the will so that the money from the selling of the ranch means it would be parceled out slowly to him over time. He wouldn't get a lump. Like if they were getting, let's say, 500000 from the ranch, he would be getting $300,000, but in slow increments so he wouldn't blow it all on drugs. Right? She was also trying to change the will to say if anything happens to my mom. Right. By Shane or persons unknown. Right. Shane doesn't get it, which means if she's she might killed, kill her mom. Right. She might kill her mom, blame it on Shane. Then he gets nothing because that will in Keith says in the podcast, he's like, so the will would say if anything happened to the mom or anyone in the family, 
it would be blamed on Shane and he wouldn't get it. I'm sure that was part of that could have been a backup plan. But Shane didn't want to sign that. But so Shane is calling the notary that day because he's like, no, I need to get this solidified now that we are doing this half split on the ranch that can't be undone. And so she's and she's just flat out lying to the mom. Am I right? Is that kind of. Uh huh. Yes, you're totally right. And she's she's saying he's trying to take the whole land. He's trying to take everything, the whole property. We need to sell it and you need to give me the money like right now. She, Yeah, you need to give me control of the money so that I will give it to him, but in the timeline that I deem appropriate. Right. She made it seem like he was desperate for the money now. He wasn't desperate. She was desperate for the money now. And again, look, if she wasn't the person that she is, then this wouldn't be a problem because selling the land now and parceling the money out slowly to an addict is the way to do that. That is how you should do it. But I don't think she should have been in charge of it. There should have been like a third party person that would be in charge of it. 100%. Or upon completion of a treatment, the first money goes to treatment. And then after that, if you main a sobriety check, Mm -hmm. then you'll keep getting your money. But it's like a monthly allowance. Right. For the next 20 years. Right. He was much more functioning drug addict than she was a functioning stay-at-home mom. We don't know that, though. He's not, because we hear we hear the realtor's statement on him. That's, that's true. That's not normal he, to be giving death threats in front of a stranger. He's making death threats against his family and telling the realtor, I'm going to F up your car. That's, that's not... That's true. But I don't think she was. had been trying to get him out of the will and she's trying to sell the land out from under him those two are bad eggs they're both trying to sneaky sneaky out sneaky each other i i am so proud of that third brother who's so good for him and is like i'm out i'm out i was gonna suggest he be the one that's in charge like the mediator no keep him out of there he does not want to be involved he stopped seeing these people a long time ago because of how horrible they were but he still says shane was the nicest person in the family that shane was a wonderful person and that kelly was the scary one so it's like we don't know who to believe we're getting a realtor's side and we're getting a notary's side we're getting a sister's side we're getting a brother's side you know it's like And we're getting video, which is also not super conclusive. So it shows one side and it shows another side. So it's very tricky. So in this trial, the judge has to decide if Tucker gets bail or has to go back to jail for another year before her trial. So she says no bail. That's weird to me. That seems a little biased. She doesn't have a criminal record. But I think is it is it because it's murder one that she's up for? Okay, yeah, because when it was manslaughter, she got bail. No problem. So she says no bail. Tucker starts crying and hyperventilating, saying, I think I'm going to pass out. I'm going to throw up. She's very upset. The judge is like, if you do not control yourself, you do not behave. You need to leave. So they they escort her out of the courtroom. She says, that's fine. I'll go. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to be sick. Like she's really it's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. And then she, you hear her in the hallway just screaming, just wailing, screaming at the top of her lungs. Yeah, just wailing. So the filmmakers, our original filmmakers, our bros are there because they wanted to support her. They heard it was self-defense and they're like, I want to support her, even though she lied about her identity to us. So they are shocked by all the evidence they heard. They are like, I, 
wow, this this is not what I thought at all. And then when they hear her scream and seeing how upset she got, they felt like she was maybe just acting, that they've seen her act before and they think maybe she was just acting. The detective thinks she was acting also, that she can just turn it on and off. Now, Tucker's dad still supports her. He is crying to Keith. He's saying she was always a loving, brave, curious person. And then he pauses. And I like her the most. And he goes, to me. He's like, she was always loving to me, which I love it because that's an important disclaimer. It is. Even killers are usually nice to somebody. So Kelly and Shane's brother, the third, the one that's the sane one. Yes. He says Shane deserves justice. He was a great guy. However... He was also a drug user, and he's not going to be portrayed well in this trial. And they said he was a curmudgeon. They said he wasn't very nice. Yeah, he was a curmudgeon. But curmudgeon just means cranky. It doesn't mean you're mean. They didn't say curmudgeon. They said he was like an antisocial and grumpy. Yeah, grumpy. And then I'm sure that he did these things for the family. But I mean, he was troubled. He was troubled. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I think they felt like he had a good heart, but he was troubled. It didn't come off very well. I mean, in long term, Matthews, yeah, he's not going to be the best guy. Yeah. Shane deserves justice, but he's not going to be portrayed well in court. So they're thinking, who who are the jury going to believe this very sweet, pretty young actress? Or are they going to believe that, you know, that it was the drug addict? And Well, don't put her on the stand. Do not put mom on the stand because mom's going to blow the case. No, she's bad. Tucker could maybe do a good job on the stand. The prosecution is worried, too. They think Tucker's a good actress and the jury might fall for it. So the trial was supposed to happen, but then COVID happened. The DA decides to offer her a deal. She can plead guilty to manslaughter. So they'll go back to the first charge. Manslaughter, too. Manslaughter, too. Kelly is never charged with anything, and she stands now to inherit everything as soon as the mom passes away. She doesn't appear on Dateline, Keith tells us. They offered, and she was always polite when she said no. But they found a lot of people who were too afraid to talk about her on Dateline because they were so scared of her. And when they tell this to the ex-husband, he says, that wouldn't surprise me at all. I'm afraid of her. And then when they tell it to the brother, he says, it wouldn't surprise me at all. He says basically the exact same thing. He says, I moved away and I won't even come back because I don't want to be in the same state as her. Can I also bring up a really obvious point, but it didn't become obvious to me until now. She's a lawyer. Mm -hmm. So I think there's probably a really good chance that she was representing Tucker in the lawsuit at USC. Oh, probably. Yeah. And I think that. If you libel her, she will come get you. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, you can't tell if they're afraid of her from a financial standpoint. All, all the, I think every standpoint. Every standpoint. Yeah. She's horrifying. She was scary to me. She was scary to me. I too. was like, yeah. Oof. You see these grown men who are related to her. One was married to her. One is her brother. And they're like, I'm not a f- surprised at all that people are scared of her. And don't want to talk about her. How was that guy married to her? I know. They do not seem like a match at no, all. No, not at all. So Tuck gets six years only for manslaughter. And time served. Because of time served and like good behavior, she could be out in 2024. 
So just a few years. But remember how she and her mom do things. She's filing a civil action that says that her plea deal, even though it was amazing, an amazing deal for her, was coerced. The DA says it was negotiated in front of a judge. It's on video. It was not coerced at all, which is so typical because if you look at how many people she is accused of like doing her wrong, it's a lot. And her mom. You need to get away from your mom. Yeah. But her mom's raised her like that. I don't know if they're saving her. I'm going to be honest. I am scared to talk super ill about that mom. (laughs) I'm not kidding. It's bad. And I don't know, like, like, let's say Tucker went to live on an island with normal people. Could she be redeemed? Or is that all uh, that narcissistic victim mentality that all that stuff is that in there still now forever? I want to believe there's hope for her. We're being pretty easy on her compared to the mom. Because I genuinely think she was scared. And we also don't know what had been going on exactly the weeks leading up, which is all I can guess is that's what the defense was going to hit hard. She may have gotten off. Definitely. People tend to believe pretty, white, thin, young women. Now, I don't mean always. I don't. Actually, they're not always believed. And it's horrible. But I think if she were putting on a show how she was scared of her uncle, I think she could very easily get off. Her uncle, who is a meth addict? Yeah, I think for sure she could have gotten off. I think they I think they should. That deal was good. And I don't know why she's now saying it was coerced because she thinks she could get off completely if she went to trial. I don't know. Maybe she wants it erased from her record. Yeah, but probably she doesn't want to spend any more time in jail. Yeah, I think that's why she's screaming outside. I think she thought she was going home that day. I think she thought that like, oh my goodness, I don't have to ever come back here. And then she's screaming. She has to go back inside. Yeah. I would more worry not about her, like not being a victim, like not having that mentality anymore away from her mom. I am worried that prison is going to be hard for her. Like Mm -hmm. very hard. She's not going to be treated as this special princess lady anymore. Okay, so we end with the theater director, the one who cast her in that musical, and then she ruined the whole thing. She says she had so many names because Tucker's not even her first real name. She has another name. Angsling? Angsling or something. Yeah. And so, and Tucker's like her middle name. Aisling. Aisling. Yeah. Aisling, Tucker, and then Wynn got thrown in there. Read. Yeah. So the theater director says she had so many names. She could have been anyone, but none of them created a complete person. And I thought that was such a good line. It was a really good line. Boom. Drop the mic. Mm-hmm. That's so good. I very much liked that theater director. She seemed very down to earth. I like Yeah. Her. And then Tucker's accusing her of harassing her and making her life completely miserable. Again, you never know. Abusers can put on many good face to the public. Okay. I find it hard that every single cast and crew member was harassing her, though. If every single person is harassing you. Maybe you're the problem. Right. So, and we come from a place of wanting to believe all women, but just not in this case. No, we absolutely do. But yeah. There's a history of litigious behavior here. There's some stuff going on and I have a feeling these roots go real deep. 
there's stuff here that we don't even know about. I'm very, I'm curious to look up more information on this. But now we know why Kelly was so contentious during the divorce with the husband. She would be the op, the the one person on earth you do not want to be in a messy divorce with. No, a lawyer. No, a lo- her. Oh wow! And then also, what I don't like though, it seems very spiteful. And I don't know the history with him. I don't know anything about that. But it seems very spiteful that she would immediately up the minute she gets full custody up and move out of state. Yeah, that doesn't seem fair. But her family was there, and the theater scene. The theater scene. I wonder how old the kids were, because it must be hard for him, too. That would be. Oh, I'm sure. But he felt like he was browbeaten into giving up custody. He Mm. felt like it was getting so bad, he just finally had to give up. And then he immediately regretted it. Yeah, like if I had just fought a little more. Like the girl in our Patreon episode, that like if she had stood up, the juror. Oh, God. Yeah. Kept fighting. Yeah. Well, we'd like to dedicate this episode to Cassie from Oregon. Who is an actress? Maybe not. We don't know. Are is she? Oh, I love the cat. I love the name Cassie. She's a Patreon. We don't know. Cassie was going to be my name. That's what my mom wanted to name me because Cassie is the lead of the the lead character in a chorus line. So it all fits so perfectly for this episode. I love it. Cassie, actress, dancer, star in Oregon. Why don't we call you Cassie from now on instead of Kimber? No, we're going with Kimber. Cassie is going by Cass Dog. No, no, she's not. Mama Cass. Cassifras. Casper. Cassifras. Cassifras. Sure. I like it. Cassifras, we thank you for being a Patreon. We cannot tell you how much your support means to us. This one's for you. This one's for you, girl. And it's not horrifying. No. It's horrifying. Horrifying. We are so grateful, 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 I tell you. What's, we are, we're so grateful. You know what is horrifying is having your sister yell, die, die at you when you're actually dying. That's I wish horrible. they could have charged her for that because that's horrible. I don't care what he did to you. Have yeah. some humanity. Stop it. Yeah, it's horrible. B-roll bonanza. Yeah. So much Oregon arts theater scene. Oh my. B-roll. So much. Um. We see some stage acting. We see some stand-up comedy, but not a lot, thank God, because we learn that Matthew and Trinity are also stand-up comedians and have a band and are stage actors. They're a father-daughter duo that really does it all in the arts world. They're like old vaudevillian. They're like vaudeville people. They Uh come out, hello, my baby. And she plays like a little ukulele type thing. It's so hipster, guys. Well, did you catch what his job is? Oh, so he is a glass blower. Professional glass blower. And we see him blowing glass. And apparently he makes really good money, Keith says. So good for him. What? You do make good money, actually. The people in Orange County at the Sawdust Festival, they charge a fortune for that stuff. But all year round? Yes. Keith says that he has people, he's sending out things for hundreds of dollars, like custom pieces. Hopefully per day. I hope so. It's just a hard, that's an artist lifestyle that that can be tricky, but good on you, sir. That's mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, that was wild. If we see them at the table of like the counter table in their house with a plate of cookies, which is like, do people, is that a real thing? I never came home to like a plate of warm cookies sitting on the table. Joni, 
Joni, we see a lady blowing gigantic bubbles in some sort of street performance. Yes, we do. And then we do get to see quite a few scenes of the movie, but they're all very short clips. Yeah, I really would like to have seen more of the movie. Four ninety nine, Katie. Four ninety nine. I'll, I'll do it, but you have to do it too. Maybe we could do it together. Maybe we could do a watch along for Patreon. Somebody, one of our listeners, wanted to know specifically what you thought of Mick's hair. It looks like she's having trouble with it. Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Uh, silver is really hard to do. I'm sure because you have to get it super white. To be able to do it gray if your hair isn't naturally graying. So to get it like that blue tone, you can't have yellow in it. And she had some brass on the side, some yellow. It's it's hard because she's going from dark hair. It's just it's hard to do. That's why she's wearing the fedora. I think it is actually because you can see like part. And look, I've been there. I get it. But also, I think the color actually does look good on her skin. So that that's cool. Good on you, Mick. Good job, girl. Okay. Tucker Reed, here we go. Her quote, her yearbook quote. First of all, did you have yearbook quotes? Mm, sometimes. I don't know. Maybe. I don't remember. Sometimes? I don't know. Did you? For your senior year? I don't year? remember. I didn't. I honestly don't remember. No, we didn't. I know we didn't. We had our name. We didn't have anything we did listed under us. It was, what's your name? Here's your picture. Okay, here we go. Her quote is, the reason birds can fly and we can't is simply that they have perfect faith. For to have faith is to have wings. That's from J.M. Barry, the little white bird. Okay. Someone in her family definitely called her little bird. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Her activities are the rogue news, theater, choir, leadership, scavenger hunt, and brain bowl. What, what hippie <gasps> school is this that they have scavenger hunt? Scavenger hunt? hunt? I know. I don't want to talk about it. And that's your activity? I'm going to go with that school. Sounds like fame, but more fun. Her future plans, if all else fails, to marry a well-heeled, well-connected, blockbuster, movie-making Hollywood producer, preferably with a summer home on the Cape. That's your future plans, if all else fails. And then on the podcast, Keith goes, I think she meant Cape Cod. Oh, probably. That's what he says in the podcast. He adds his little thing. But why wouldn't you, under future plans, say, I want to be a famous actress, but if all else fails, I hope to do this. Instead, she just skipped what she wanted to do. And if did. all else fails. So my question is, did she actually have that first sentence and they had to cut it for yearbook and they cut the first part and left the second <laughs> part because somebody in yearbook did they not like her? <gasps> Or she took a roll away from someone. I love that theory. The B-roll that we get of Mig is her looking in a mirror. And I don't know how I feel about that. She was like looking in the mirror. I know, but I just. uh, And it's always, it's around the time where they're like, and she lost out the role to win. I know. It was a little at the ballet, speaking of chorus line. It was a little (laughs) bit like, do you know what I'm saying? Daddy always said that he married beneath him. That's That's what he said. That's what he said. said. (laughs) I felt like she was about to bust into it. Is there any fashion police you want to talk about? Yeah. The teacher, the director of the community theater is looking through wardrobe as her B-roll. So it's fashion police. And and I loved it. I was trying to see what she was pulling out. She was obviously in some kind of props room with the wardrobe rack. I was like, oh, that's good. That's decent B-roll. I liked her so much. So mm-hmm. I was excited. Kelly is wearing a large oversized blue polka dot shirt of some sort. I don't know what it was in her interrogation. But then when she's on the stand, she's wearing a Burberry scarf. No, she's not. Yes, she is. No, she's not. 
a fake Burberry scarf. She's wearing Faux-Burberry. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Kelly. Please don't sue me. It's not real Burberry, though. She's wearing what they call that is they call it English plaid. There we go. English plaid-esque. There's like yeah. names for it if you're going to search for it. Yeah. <laughs> like it's cashmink instead of cashmere. <laughs> I love those. Or cashmere with a K. Oh, it's my favorite. No shame. That's the stuff we wear. <laughs> no sh- Are you kidding me? I'm the bootleg queen. I don't I don't mess around with that. I only don't like it if it's like made on the backs of children. That makes of course. Sense. No, that's bad. Yeah. There's a lot of documentaries on it. But yeah, she is. She is wearing her scarf on the stand. The titles. Terrorize. <laughs> Dodging a bullet. There you go. Okay. Drama Club Killer. Okay. It's not that good. This one I like. The Adventures of Tuckleberry Wynn. That's real good. I'm writing that down. <laughs> you don't have that to. Was, that was very good. I, I did. It's too late. to pressure you. How about win some, lose some? There you go. Mm-hmm. It. Love it. Killer Roll was a good title, though. Yeah. And also the podcast, again, is so, so good, guys. Yeah. Please Listen check it, it out. It's called yeah. Killer Roll. Same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very, very good. Did you have any tweets? I can do a few. Your lamb said, imagine going to a casting call for a father-daughter home horror movie. That's weird. I'm going to make a movie with my daughter and it's going to be horror. Sorry, how like, old was the daughter? Teenager. Like 15? Okay. Yeah, teenager. She's very grown up. She's an old soul. Yeah, she is. She's Oregon. Well, she's lived life on the road being a vaudeville actress. So there I mean, you go. I guess. Mrs. Tukey Jackson says, this looks like a 90s horror movie. I know what you did last Dateline. <laughs> that was great. With a picture of Jennifer Love Hewitt when she's screaming up at the sky. Come and get me. I'm right here. Oh, also, that's what I thought when she's screaming outside the courtroom and the directors are there. They've heard her scream. Yeah. That would be eerie. Because you'd mm-hmm. be like, oh, is she acting? Ooh. Yeah. Ugh. Also, she's not very traumatized if she's holding a gun in those scenes. Like a month after killing. Is that what Wynn is talking about? About her being like didn't want to bring up stuff because she had read about it. That Tucker from her high school had possibly killed her uncle. I think so. Or I think it's more like if you see someone on the street and they are denied. Okay, there's an episode of Murder, she wrote, where Jessica Fletcher runs into a friend on the street and she's like, oh, my God, James. And he's like, what? No, I don't know you. My name's Steven. She's like, James, it's me. It's Jessica J.B. Fletcher. Like, we're friends. I'm a famous author. We're friends from our town, you know? And she's like, he's like, no, I'm Steven. I don't know who you're talking. I don't know who who you think you I am. And he rushes off and she keeps following him. Not, no. not getting the hint. Angela, back off. No. Oh. Why, why are you calling yourself Steven? James, what's happening? And then like later on, like so he dies or somebody dies. And obviously like he was under hiding because like there were people out to get him. Something like that. Or he had stolen money. I don't remember. But like obviously there's something bad going on. And so you don't want to call them on it. Because something bad, they could explode. They could try to kill you. They could get killed. You don't know what's happening. I also have to say that's not always the case. When I was working at my my job in college, I worked at Buffalo Exchange, a resale clothing store. People know what that is. And one day, a gr- new girl got hired. And I, in, according to me, I'd never met her before. And I don't remember her name now. Again, this is awful. I think her name was like Chelsea. And I was like... And she sort of was looking at me funny and I was like, oh, hi, nice to meet you. 
two days go by of us like working together. And finally, on the third day, she's like, you have no idea who I am, do you? (laughs) And I was like, what? Do I know you? And she was like, we work together at this other store in Santa Barbara. (laughs) We had fully worked another job together. I had gone to a rare Katie going out to a party with this girl. I had like done things done with things her. With we her. had been like friends and I had completely erased her from my memory. This had not been that many years before. I had just erased her completely. And it's not her fault. I think it says something more about my brain. <laughs> so sometimes it's just that. She's super funny. I really liked her. <laughs> I was I was horrified when she reminded me. I was like, oh, my God. I, again, have to go to hospital. But this is someone going by another name. This is like if you were like, Chelsea, it's great to see you. And she'd be like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. My name's Miranda. What are you talking about? We went to school together. Yeah, then you have to, yeah, take the hint. Didn't we go to school together? No, no, um, I'm from Chicago. What are you talking about? Something weird is going on. Absolutely. Good on you, Mig, for not gossiping. Yeah. Doing she mm-hmm. didn't gossip about it. I'm I know. Gotta give her props for that. That's cool. absolutely so Keisler Sose, whose bio now says Pfizer Sose. <laughs> <laughs> Why is he so funny? I'm I'm almost irritated. I want to I be know. that funny. I I strive. He says the real victims in this sad story are the poor prisoners who will have to put up with Tucker's drama BS in jail. And then Charles, our friend Charles said, can you imagine she probably tries out new characters daily to pass time, accents and backstories? No, she sings. You guys are forgetting. They said that her singing audition for himself and Nora or whatever the play is called, that she sang really well. So I guarantee you that she's a hummer and a singer and she sings to herself and does this like dramatic, you know, rocking and does like. And she thinks it's going to lift the spirits of everyone in the jail and everyone just tells her to shut up. She does Amazing Grace every morning and then she's going to talk about it when she writes her memoir out of prison about being in prison because, you know, she's going to write a book if she's not already writing it. She's going to star in the TV movie version of it. 100%. Jay Marsh says Rotten Tomatoes gives mom's acting a 0%. (laughs) Yeah, for real. Haley Deanna said, so Tucker's lawyers are just as good as her acting. She's clearly unimpressed with her acting. Wow. Tucker's lawyers, what, they didn't do anything. They gave the video that got her convicted, that almost got her convicted of murder. See, I can't remember things. I'd already forgotten about that. Yeah, that's terrible. (laughs) Liz says... Schmetti, Schmite, Schmivlich. <laughs> yep. Anna said, when Uber Eats cancels my Taco Bell order because they are not currently delivering, insert scene of Tucker hyperventilating in the fetal position on the floor. Hashtag I need a potato soft taco. It is so weird. Liz says there's a pinch of Disney Princess Rachel. Remember Rachel? Okay. Mixed with a dash of Jody Arias. Yes, mm-hmm. the acting in the interrogation room and topped Definitely. with an Elizabeth Holmes. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> she enunciates. I didn't say that Tucker slash win over enunciates a lot of words also. Yeah, she does the actor like over pronunciation. She does the Gwyneth Paltrow when she puts on the less. She does the weird pronunciation when she knows she's being listened to. I can't. 
Okay, so the best title that neither of us came up with. No, come on. All right. Kaisler Soze came up with it first. Come on, man. Two people came up with it. Come on. Mother Tucker! Exclamation point. I gotta go. I gotta go. So he came up with that, and then also... Faye Ray came up with that and says, Day Day Line, if one of you does not use some variation of Mother Tucker for an alternate title, I'm going to rip up the first not yet notarized legal document I can find and then collapse into a fetal ball and sob into the scraps. Who said that? Faye. Faye, I got stuck on win. There were too many win puns. <laughs> I couldn't. I got stuck. I forgot about Tucker completely. I didn't do any Tuckers. We're really Keep sorry. Keep on talking. <laughs> I can't. I'm just, I'm embarrassed. <laughs> I'm so embarrassed. Mother Tucker. Yeah, it's great. I'm upset. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Consider joining our Patreon. You get a bonus episode every month. This month's bonus episode was so fun. It was a real cheat date on Dateline. Cheat date on Dateline. If you know what I'm saying, wink, wink. It was really fun because we were cheating on Dateline, but don't tell them. It's a 2020. Oh, she's just saying it. Okay, it was a 2020. Uh, but-, but it was worth it because it was excellent. You know if Kimberly's picking a 2020, then it's it's worth it, and this does not disappoint. So listen to it because the case is wild. Yeah. Also, follow us on social media and take care of yourselves. Follow each other. Oh, please leave us a review. Think think of the review that you would give to, to Wynn's acting skills. Either if they're good or bad. No, a good review. Give us a good review. Yeah. I was not as impressed with her acting, but I thought it was okay. I'd maybe give her three stars. We would like a five-star review from you. Pretend that we deserve it, even though we didn't get Mother Tucker. I realize now asking for a review after failing so desperately is bad. I thought of it. I just forgot to write it down. She forgot to write it down, guys. It was in her head the whole time. I forgot. I'm having memory problems. You heard me. She didn't remember Chelsea and Chelsea was very memorable. I really liked Chelsea and I didn't remember this, whatever the, the thing that we had. I see. I can't even remember what I can't remember. (laughs) All right. Bye bye guys. Gotta go. (laughs) Thanks guys. Bye. What should we say? Cut. (gasps) Cut. Print. That's a wrap. (laughs) Showbiz. Have you thought about going into casting? I feel like you would be a brutal casting director. Oh, I'd be horrible because I'd be like, you just, you don't have it. I'm sorry. You would be breaking people's hearts all over Los Angeles. They need to know, Katie.